Coming to theaters January 26th. Left Behind. Rise of the Antichrist. Was it the rapture? Yes. I saw it happen. After millions of people vanish and the world falls into chaos, a charismatic leader rises to become head of the United Nations. How do we know who we can trust? Trust God. Starring Kevin Sorbo, Neil McDonough, and Corbin Burnson. Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. This film is not rated but suitable for ages 13 and up in theaters for four days only beginning January 26th. Go to leftbehindmovie.com. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. Uh, Kevin McCullough, and here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Obliterating confusion. Amplifying truth. And pursuing clarity. Kevin McCullough, now. All right, we've got a lot to get to in the coming hour. I hope that you will uh, stay with us for the full show today. Of course, Shelly Goldberg's here for a parenting tip for the week. We will also uh, delve into the January 6th information that's coming out. Uh, Stephen Sun, the chief of police for the Capitol Police, is releasing a new book with some unknown details that we'll get to you. Plus, what's going on on Capitol Hill? Stay here. Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. I found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog has come out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. He's playing the role. As, uh, as well as anybody could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No, He Can't. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough. The odds are he's right. Very glad to have you here. Welcome in. It's a big, busy Wednesday, and if you think it's busy where you are, uh, try being on the um, hill. Uh, the, try being on the floor of Capitol Hill these days. Uh, there, there's utter chaos has broken out as uh, the House of Representatives has not been able to elect a Speaker of the House, at least as of this conversation at this moment. And newly elected Congressman Mike Lawler joins us from D.C. to give us a bird's eye view of what's going on. Mike, welcome back. Uh, It seems like just a few days ago we were congratulating you on your big win. You were part of the red wave in New York State and uh, very happy to see that you are taking leadership even in the in the in the caucus that's going in there is a bunch of rookies. Uh, You're already making waves. I know you authored a letter uh, in the Speaker of the House uh, controversy earlier in the week. Uh, where do things stand as we sit and have this conversation at this very moment? Well, we're continuing to uh, go through the roll call vote. Um, and I, along with uh, my colleagues who have been steadfast in supporting uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, are not budging. Uh, he has the overwhelming support of the conference, both in our conference elections back in November and here on the floor, uh, both yesterday and today. Uh, And you cannot allow a handful of folks to dictate to the rest of the conference uh, what is going to happen. You have to work together. And that is what we have tried to do. Kevin has negotiated in good faith with the Freedom Caucus to address many of the concerns they have raised. We've made over 20 rules changes, uh, much of it at their request. And, you know, they need to learn to take yes for an answer. All right, Mike, I'm glad that you said that. And I'm glad we're having this conversation because it's it's really important that my listeners have as unobstructed a view of what's happening here as possible. First of all, you mentioned that he's negotiating with the Freedom Caucus, but Jim Jordan was the founder of the Freedom Caucus. And Jim Jordan has said openly that he doesn't want to be Speaker of the House and that he's supporting Kevin McCarthy. And in fact, the numbers I've seen are that these 20, 1920 members 
are a small portion of the Freedom Caucus. So is it the entire Freedom Caucus that's the problem or just these rogue holdouts? Great question. Uh, Jim Jordan is absolutely supporting Kevin McCarthy. He nominated him yesterday. He continues to vote for Kevin McCarthy. And he has said that he does not want to be speaker. A good chunk of the Freedom Caucus uh, is supporting Kevin McCarthy. People like Debbie Lesko, Marjorie Taylor Greene, they are supporting Kevin McCarthy for speaker. So this has become, uh, you know, a group of folks within the Freedom Caucus who are just refusing uh, to budge, refusing to negotiate in good faith, and unfortunately are trying to hold the rest of us hostage. And it and it cannot be allowed to happen. That's not how you, uh, you know, serve in a conference. First of all, we have 18 members, myself included, who represent districts won by Joe Biden in 2020. Right. If we want to keep the majority, you need people like me and others in the conference. That's the only way you get to 218. And Kevin McCarthy is the best person to work across the spectrum, dealing with the Freedom Caucus, to people in the Republican governance group, uh, in Republican Main Street, and address the challenges across the board to keep us unified as a conference. But here's the bigger point. While we're wasting time on this speaker vote, guess what's not happening? The oversight hearings into the Biden administration. Yeah, you're not getting guess to fire those. Happening? You're not getting to fire those 87,000 tax agents that I want you to Cor- fire. <laughs> correct. And by the way, that was the first act we were going to take after the election of speaker and the swearing in of members, we were going to repeal the 87,000 IRS agents. You can't do that unless you have a speaker. You can't secure the border unless you have a speaker. You can't rein in the reckless, out-of-control spending of the Biden administration unless you have a speaker. And so for all the things that the Freedom Caucus has fought for, uh, or at least professes to fight for, uh, those things can't happen unless you have a Speaker of the House. And so the reality for for all of us is this. Kevin McCarthy is the person best positioned to get to 218. And we need everyone, everyone within the conference to work together to resolve the differences and move forward as a unified conference. Because the longer this drags on, the only person winning is Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, and Hakeem Jeffries. The, the, I want to point something else out that's very important, and that is that um, when you said that um, Leader McCarthy uh, negotiated with this group in good faith, uh, adopted those 20 requests, uh, that was what they had requested. That was what they said would be necessary to earn their support, and he gives it, and the next thing you know, they're back with another set of demands. It does not seem Correct. like this is earnest negotiation in the in the pursuit of the priorities of the Freedom Caucus or the people that support the Freedom Caucus members. It seems to me these may be people with personal axes to grind or some other beef with uh, with Mr. McCarthy that they you know are using this opportunity to kind of to 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 drive the point home because as you mentioned. Much of the Freedom Caucus, and I'm, I've been a longtime supporter of the Freedom Caucus. Um, I was I spoke at the very first uh, event that they held on the on the mall years ago when they packed you know two million people on that mall. Um, th- this has always been this is the precursor to Trump. This was the this was the real start of the modern freedom movement. This this is an important group, but to your point, you've got to. You, you, I, I feel like these members have to negotiate in as good a faith as they got 
from uh, from Mr. McCarthy, and it does not appear as though they have come to that conclusion yet. No, the frustration here is that, you know, Kevin negotiated in good faith. He, he uh, you know, worked with them to develop uh, over 20 changes to the rules, uh, much of it at their request, um, but they kept moving the goalposts. And they come back in the 11th hour and they have a whole new list of demands, including, uh, you know, removing the church style committee from Jim Jordan's uh, Judiciary Committee uh, and giving it to Scott Perry. Uh, They also had demands that specific members get on specific committees and get specific gavels, bypassing the steering committee that the rest of us have to work through to get our committee assignments. Uh, And they demanded specific legislation come to the floor. And that's just not the way a conference works. There's 222 of us, and their opinions are no more valuable than mine or anybody else in the conference. And the only way we're going to be able to govern is if everyone is working together as a cohesive unit. And, you know, for all of the talk about returning to regular order that they have uh, continued to insist on, uh, they're the ones that seemingly want to reject regular order and reject the will of the conference. And that makes it very hard to govern. And so, You know, from my vantage point, this is very simple. I ran to stop Nancy Pelosi, end one party rule and get about the business of the American people. Right. That is why I ran in a district Joe Biden won by 10 points. It wasn't to have these intraparty fights and, and airing of petty grievances. It was to get about the work. So unless they want to do that, um, you know, we're, we're going to be here, uh, whether it's the fourth vote, the fifth vote, or the hundredth vote, and continue to vote uh, for Kevin McCarthy because you can't give in on something like this or the conference just won't work. There are there are 19 or 20 that are still holding out. How many of those have to uh, switch for McCarthy to get to 218? Well, he can only afford to lose uh, four members okay. so to get to 218, but obviously – um, you know, people can vote present. Uh, we would be the same as not showing up. So, you know, the thresholds could conceivably come down. Yeah. But the, the objective is to have a unified conference. And everybody has tried to work in good faith to address the challenges raised by these members of the Freedom Caucus. Um, and, you know, there's obviously a lot of frustration, but the objection, the objective here is to get moving and we have to work together. And, that is where, you know, I and many of my colleagues, uh, the 202 of us that are, are you know, currently in, in full support of Kevin, um, we're not budging from that. So, you know, whatever remaining outstanding issues need to be resolved from their uh, vantage point in terms of rules or uh, policy, you know, we need to work in good faith to get a resolution. And then we need to elect Kevin McCarthy speaker, period. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to point out for people that care about it, um, you know, a lot of this was done under the guise of, you know, we're fighting for what the, the Trump principles would be of the party. The former president has endorsed Kevin McCarthy for speaker. Um, these guys are not acting on behalf of 45. They are not acting on behalf of the America First movement. Um, this is not about that. And so for them to pretend no, that it and, is. And way, Kevin, here's here's one thing that I just find uh, laughable. Uh, I mean, they're talking about the budget and they're talking about the need to rein in uh, reckless spending. I mean, during the Trump administration, they had no problem with the spending that was going on. So for them to now all of a sudden 
say that this is about spending and Kevin McCarthy's the problem with spending, that, that just, you know, doesn't fly. Well, Mike, I think um, that they're trying to pit Kevin McCarthy into the mold of Paul Ryan and to try to say that he's the same kind of guy. And I just, I don't, I, I've known Kevin longer than I've, I've known uh, Ryan, but I don't see them as the same at all. And uh, I've, it, particularly for pro-family, pro-life, conser- long-time conservatives, Kevin McCarthy's been a staunch ally to the, uh, to the very conservative principles that have made the freedom movement possible. Listen, Kevin McCarthy has gone out of his way, uh, even when not asked, to ensure that the Freedom Caucus had a seat at the table, to make sure they were appointed to the to uh, a committees, to make sure that they had representation within uh, the rules process and the steering committee process, even when he didn't have to do that. But he did it because he wanted to unify our conference and make sure that all voices mm. were heard. And so I think it is patently unfair and dishonest to say that somehow Kevin McCarthy is is you know like Paul Ryan. He is his own person. He has worked to unify this conference and and he works harder than anyone, anyone to flip the House and end Nancy Pelosi's reign as speaker. And I just think it is it is so unfortunate that we have squandered the last two months uh, having an inner party fight rather than focusing on the issues at hand and taking on Joe Biden and his administration. Well, I'll tell so, the Freedom Caucus members, if they don't change that plan of action, you'll lose the House as quickly as you got it. I mean, it, it'll... No no, no question about it. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I really hope uh, that some of them aren't, you know, more content being in the minority throwing bombs than being in the majority and being responsible to govern. Yeah. We have an obligation to govern. And that's what we need to get about the business of doing. No doubt about it. All right. Mike Lawler calling us from a very busy Washington, D.C. Uh, go vote again <laughs> as many times as you <laughs> need do. to, Mike. Good to talk to you and Happy New Year. Thanks so much. You got Thanks, it. Kevin. There he goes. Uh, we, we were very proud to help Mr. Lawler get across that finish line. He dethroned the DCCC chair uh, in the uh, election. And uh, I, I'm so thankful that he's there fighting for the good uh, in Washington right now. Kevin McCullough, we're coming right back. 